three, two, one. Welcome to the Madden Voice. It's me, Commissioner T here. And, I, you know, I must apologize to all the Madden Voice fans. Um, you know, this loss has me so rattled um, that I, I screwed up the programming for our show on Blog Talk Radio Live. And I was able to go back in and do it a second time. And guess what? I screwed it up a second time. And with the contract with BTR, you get two shows a day. I screwed them both up. So now we're using another service to perform a live podcast that's recorded. And you're listening to it on Blog Talk Radio because I've had to do the work of actually uploading it to the service. So I apologize, but hey, you know what? The show must go on. So once again, I do have JB. JB, you there? Yes, sir. And I do have K-Star. K-Star? Yeah, I'm here. All right. And, you know, since the other shows, I'm just going to end up wiping them out. Um, I'm going to, you know, you know. so, listen, tonight's show um, is, as, as I had stated, I feel like I'm repeating myself, except y'all ain't going to hear this, so I'm not repeating myself. Um, this show is for the fans, and I apologize for my scratchy voice. <clears throat> um it's really because of screaming at the TV last night. That's really it. I feel I feel perfectly uh um I feel perfectly fine. I just was screaming at the TV for most of the most of the most of the, the game and um I you know my voice is all messed up. But I, I just wanna say real quickly, um and it's not gonna come out as good a second time, but here's the reality of it. We're doing the show for the real fans. This show tonight is for the loyal real fans. Not the bandwagon fans. Not the ones that show up at the bar with all the gear on and can't even tell you who the backup running back is. Not the, not the guy who says, oh, I didn't see the game. Did we win? Oh, yeah, I think we're going to have a good season. You know, that, not that guy. This is the guy who follows his team, who goes to the website, who knows when the draft is, who knows who the sixth round um, pick was from the draft three years ago. Who knows who the backup center is? Th- this show tonight is for those diehard, loyal, uh, didn't sleep last night because my team lost, didn't sleep last night because my team won. This show's for all of you. And for all you bandwagon, uh, you know, think you know football but really don't, that want to walk around wearing colors and, and by now, you know, forgot there was even a game, game on, fuck you, all right? Fuck you. And I mean that shit. I am so sick of all of you fake, don't know football, wannabe fan fans. I got nothing to say to you today. All you guys that, that posted, bring Romo in. Where's Romo? We need shut your mouth. I don't want to hear you. Don't, you know what? Matter of fact, do me a favor. Turn the show off right now. Just turn the show off. Because this show is too good for you. It's too sophisticated. It's on a level that you'll never understand. So you don't get to, you're on punishment. You're on punishment. You're going to stand in the corner and wear the dunce cap. You're on punishment. You don't get to listen to the Madden voice tonight. And if you're good, maybe we'll let you come back next week and listen to the show. That said, we were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And K-Star was in the process of analyzing Travis Kelsey's comments. K-Star, his team won. I'm happy for him. You know, they deserve it. Um, but K-Star, say again to the audience your thoughts on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, the fake Gronk. It's our past kids after the game. This is a guy that 
you know, it's like, look, uh, I made a wrestling analogy earlier. He's going to complain about a holding call and also suggest that James Harrison, James Harrison of all people, is going to take a flop. That is just, that is just it is ridiculous. Anyone who saw the play saw that James Harrison ran to a Lex Luger-like clothesline from left tackle Eric Fisher. And anyone who has a pair of uh, eyeballs and a brain can see that James Harrison was on his path to impeding the play and getting to Alex Smith. Alex Smith had to do a jump pass because he was right next to him and had to, had to get away from the flailing arms of James Harrison. And it was clearly a holding call. And for him to suggest that the rest were, you know, basically shooting work at a footlocker over that is, it's absurd. It's absurd to me. I mean, what do you want them to do? Just swallow the whistle because it's a two-point play at the end of the game? I mean, Jesus. You know, you talk about football integrity. I don't see it from him. This is a guy who, you know, while ultimately competitive, didn't show up ultimately for his team. You know, he ended up with 70 yards, but for most of the game, he was absolutely uh, linked. didn't make really any plays, had a huge drop with the middle of the field that would have put his team in the red zone. So, you know, he's, he's, a, he's sad that his team got eliminated. He's very fortunate that his team even was in a position to go for two, uh, the way the Steelers outgained the Chiefs offense last night. You know, correct that she's red zone defense, but no, he's, it's, it's absolutely just sour grapes, and it's, it's ridiculous. The game was actually really well officiated. You know, anyone out there who watched the play would know that was a holding call. I'm just, I, I was just, I scoff at I'm just, I just can't believe he said that. I was like, really? All right, obviously he's pissed because, come on, dude. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, I did want to um, ask you about, and again, I apologize this feeling of deja vu, but, um, you know, your team had six field goals. I think it's the first time. And uh, I believe I read it's the first time in NFL history. <clears throat> God, I feel like Bill Clinton. Um, a voice sounds like Bill Clinton, you know. Um, I, I think it's the first time in NFL history that a team won a playoff game with all field goals. I think this might be the first time, if I saw somewhere. Um, what, what are your thoughts about the inability with, with the yards that you guys did and the production? I mean, Bell had a monster game, and, uh, but yet you still weren't able to get into the end zone. Um, what, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, there's two ways to look at it. One is what happened in the red zone, what caused you guys to not be able to produce touchdowns. On the other hand, it's, wow, this team will be analyzing in the season. Our concern was the defense. You mean to tell me that the Steelers' offense doesn't need to score a touchdown and they can still win a playoff game and get to the ACC championship game? So, you know, I look at it that, A, it speaks volumes about the defense, and, B, it also speaks to volumes about how we failed to uh, actually have sufficient play calling, efficient play calling in the red zone. We we passed entirely too much down inside the seven and inside the ten, and that cost us. Luckily, it didn't cost us the game. Uh, credit to the Chiefs made some really good red zone plays, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Steelers had control of the game the entire uh, the entire game. Had no problem with the ball. I expect that you know I expect the touchdowns to come next week. Um, and again, I'm more encouraged with the fact that we can be afforded that opportunity to, to settle for field goals and still have a chance to win the game and not only win it, but actually come through with the win um, because our defense certainly wasn't expected to play up to this type of standard we've seen the last since week 11, and it absolutely has. JB, let me ask you a question about this because <clears throat> K-Star, um, he, he won't give me the honest truth on this one, nor should he because, you know, he won. But 
Do you think with with a game deep into the fourth quarter like it was, do you think that that holding call was that? Do the refs make that call considering everything on the line? And and let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, there is some reality to the fact that at certain times of the games, the refs don't make certain calls. Okay, I, I, anybody that denies that don't watch football. With everything on the line. Do you think, and I think really that's what Kelsey was saying. I think really he was saying is, seriously, you can call holding every play if you really want to. You're really going to take two points off our, you know, late in the fourth quarter, tied the game, and now, and you're going to make that call? Jay, what do you think? Does he have a point there, or was it so blatant they had to call it? Well, you know, with all due respect, J-Star, I saw that replay several times myself, and I would have been fine with the no call. I think it looks it looks as bad as it looks because of James Harrison's height and his leverage. Uh, I think played to his advantage in getting the call because he's only like not even six feet tall and like two seventy five. So the guy is compact. You got another guy that's huge. He's like six three, six four. So when you get that kind of leverage, it's going to look like a hole when he start to turn and rotate up field and he can basically fall on it. So out of the fine was a good no call. Suffice it to say, I, I go back and if, if you actually hit on it before you asked it initially uh, when we were trying to get on Black Talk Radio, now we switched to here. Having six field goals, and, and Grant, Kansas City's got a very good defense and they're playing in Arrowhead and you've got the stadium rocking and you got a good defense and I still would be concerned because you got to get the ball into the end zone. It's the it's the bend but don't break mentality of a defense. And if you're constantly kicking field goals, at some point, if, if Kansas City had a better offense, this game would have been over because you can't get by kicking field goals. As, as a Cowboy fan, he and I have seen it before. You trade field goals for touchdowns, you're going to lose. And it just so happened in this case, y'all got away with it. Um, but going back to the initial question, I would have been fine with, with the no call myself. Got yeah. away with it. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the comparison. Um, I posted um, a note to Cowboy fans today. <clears throat> I mean, it was last night. I don't remember. You know, on that last play that uh, Aaron Rodgers threw to. Um, What's his name? Cook, I believe his name. Um, yeah. if, if you watch, David Irving gets held. Um, and if you look at the play, it's kind of a very similar type play to the James Harrison kind of. Kind of. Um, it's, it's similar, not exactly the same. And then there was no call. Um, and, you know, frankly, do I, do I wish there was? Of course, I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm going to say that. But I think it's an example of of what happens in these games where I think the refs do take situational football into consideration. And if it's a borderline call versus versus an egregious clear cut call, they may just they may you know keep that flag in their pocket. And I think I think Jay hits it right on the head. I, I think kinda of, kinda of Kelsey had a little bit of a beef there, a little bit. Not a major not a major beef. But a little bit of one, like really, you're gonna call that? You're gonna take? You're gonna take points off our board at this point in the game? 
I kind of got why he was a little. I mean, I think he, you know, obviously he'll be getting a nice little letter um, from the commissioner. With you know, you know, if, uh, here's a here's a, a prepaid postage envelope. Send your check here for the fine that he's gonna get for running his mouth. Um, so I hope it was worth it because he gonna get fined. He gonna get he gonna get a nice thirty thousand dollar fine. So I hope it was worth it. Um, but that said. You know, <laughs> don't don't you know what I mean? Like it's a sixty minute game, and don't let it get to that point. You know what I mean? It's a sixty minute game. You know, and and you know, uh, I you know I I see it. And here's the thing I want to say: I give Cam Newton a hard time, um, and I watch Dak Prescott, and I'm not quite ready to go to the Cowboys just yet, but I'm making my point. I watch Dak Prescott's post game interview, and then I watch Travis Kelsey's right. And part of me was like, yeah, you kind of should be pissed off because, you know, like, I mean, as a fan, right, I want my team a little upset. And Dak Prescott's sitting up there and he's clean cut and he's composed and he's, you know, and, I, and I'm and i like, well, that's what a leader should do, right? A leader should sit up there and, hey, you know what? Hey, it's a tough loss, but, you know, we got a bright future ahead and I'm proud of these guys. I mean, he said all the things that a leader should say. But kind of a little bit of me wanted to hear Dak Prescott go, Oh man, fuck this! I am so pissed off. You know, like I kind of wanted to hear that. And and, and when I was that, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You feel I, me? I'll say my. We'll go ahead. Uh, but but when I heard Kelsey, I was kind of like, yeah, like that's the emotion you're supposed to have after a tough loss. But it's not Cam Newton's crybaby, you know, sulking. Like that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for that. That that doesn't that's just baby, okay? But anger, frustration, yeah, I'm okay with a little bit of that. I'm okay with a little bit of what the fuck. You know, I'm I'm okay. Jay, go ahead, jump in. I know you want some of this. Well, yeah, I mean with, with Dak, uh, he did handle himself like a professional. I, I will give him credit. Um, he, he came out there, answered all the questions, said what he had to say. Uh, but but like UT, I wanted I wanted to feel a little bit of an edge, and, and what I got from seeing his press conference was it, it was almost the I'm just happy to be here type of mentality, and and, and I was expecting maybe a little bit more. Um, maybe if Zeke Elliott was up there, he probably would have given me that little bit, that little something, something I'm looking for. And again, I'm not taking it away from 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 Prescott at all. I'm not. I, like I said, he handled himself with class. And if he had to do it over again, he did the same way. I wouldn't have any problem with it. I just don't want him to feel as though he's just. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. He should expect to be there from from this point forward. So if it should ever happen again, hopefully there's a little bit of an edge to him because I want him to have the mentality of this is where I'm supposed to be, and not so much I'm just happy to be here. That's a little bit that I got from him that I kind of wish I had a little more edge on it. But outside of that, I was fine. But at the same time. You know, you may not ever be there again. And that's where the, and you don't know this. And that's where, like, a Jason Witten and some of these other guys should be like, hey, man, hey, you know, okay, hey, we got the Steelers going back, right? I saw this stat about 13 out of 14 of the AFC Championship games, right, have been either Ben, <laughs> Tom Brady, or Peyton Manning. And only and one in there, Joe Flacco snuck in there and got one, right? So, hey, if you're the Steelers, if you're the Patriots, um, you know what I mean. You know, Manning's gone, but hey, maybe you, maybe, maybe you have that 
resiliency of <clears throat> we're going to do this again because your history shows you're going to do it again, okay? But other than those two teams, maybe Seattle can kind of say something. They, they've had a little bit of a a little bit of a run in the NFC. <clears throat> but outside of that, I listened to like LT talk about when he went with San Diego and he kind of felt like he was going to be back again. And he didn't get back ever with San Diego until he was near the end of his career with the Jets that he got back. You know, there are players that they don't have. So part of me, yeah, Jay, you're right. You should expect to be there. And, and, and absolutely, I don't disagree with you. But then the other part of me is like, hey, you may not. I don't give a damn on pay. Hey, look at the Cowboys last year, right? I mean, uh, you know, I keep going Cowboys. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But I want, I wanted to see that that edge too, <clears throat> because you really don't know. The opportunity was there now, and Pittsburgh grabbed it. Dallas did not. Okay, period. And so, you know, K- Kansas City did not. So on that level, I respect Kelsey's venom. I respect yeah. it. Because, you know, these guys, I mean, put the money aside for a minute. Let's just forget about the money. These guys want to win. The, 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 the players that are out there, you know, leaving it all on the field want to win. That's the legacy. And so to have a tough loss like that and to truly in your heart feel like it was not holding or it was a borderline call that you really could have kept the flag in your pocket. Hey, man, I don't blame them. I don't, I don't know that I agree. I mean, I'm on the fence. I can see it both ways. But I understand his venom. And I'm okay with his venom. You know, and I think I think he better find a charity that, that 30 grand. <laughs> he getting fine, bro. He getting fine. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can respect that. Like, putting it in those terms. Because I guarantee you last night, if someone was like, hey, man, at least you make X amount of dollars. I guarantee you he would say, I don't give a shit about that. In this moment, like, come on, it's about winning and losing. It's a competitive, competitive player. So, I mean, from that from that aspect, I get it. Uh, but that's that, that's good because you want to have the leaders on your team have an edge to them, have a fire about them, and be pissed off. You know what I'm saying? It's put the paycheck to the side. It's about winning. It's about pride. It's about moving on. It's about getting that Lombardi trophy. And when you feel as though you've been wrong. You've been robbed. You've had an opportunity taken from you. You should be kicked off, and and I and I applaud and respect it as well. He's definitely going to get a fine, no question about it. But if I was in his shoes, if I was him, I'd be pissed off too, and I probably would have said the same thing, if not more. So when you have someone like that on your team, you got to back that. You got to respect that, and, and I'm all for it. And and one yeah, other thing I, I'll say is. Again, this isn't Cam Newton. This ain't Odell Beckham punching a wall, and, and uh, you know what I mean. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a certain way to just be like, yo, I'm pissed off, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? All he did was give a pretty rough post game interview. That's it. He didn't punch a wall. He didn't. You know what I mean? He didn't. He didn't bang his head against the locker and all that stupidity. He's not a guy that's normally in the press. For anything, you know what I mean. He, you know, so it, it's real. It's real raw emotion, and I'm I'm okay with that. K Star, you wanted to say? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, you call me a homer, JB, but for you to kind of lump it up as the Steelers should be worried about field goals. I mean, this team that had no problem scoring all season. You can't look at it 
Because, I mean, the Cowboys, or the, the Chiefs, at the end of the day, did score two touchdowns, and they still didn't win. And the Steelers' defense, if anything, has been showing out since, you know, week 11. So, I mean, we, I, I look at it like this, right? When the Colts did win the Super Bowl, they struggled a little, uh, I believe, at Baltimore. I believe they had, like, five field goals at Baltimore, but came away with the win. But what we took away from that and from their run was the fact that their defense finally showed up. If you're going to tell me the defense of Pittsburgh Steelers can finally show up and we don't need to rely on a big offensive game, to me that's a good thing. Uh, because the, the, the touchdowns are going to come. When you, when you have over 400 yards total offense, they're going to come. That's, and and your, your point is valid, but still, you're going against the Patriots team at home, and although your defense is playing better, you're still playing against Tom Brady. This whole six field goal is not going to cut it going against Tom Brady and those Patriots up in Gillette Stadium. That's where I'm going with it. That's why yeah, I said I they're shooting from the fair. And, and the, the offense is potent. The offense, you got you got Le'Veon Bell, who's arguably the best back in football. You've got Ben Roethlisberger. We've already talked about his status and him being the, the, in the uh, the full horseman category, future Hall of Famer. you got Antonio Brown, who is hands down the best receiver in the NFL. And you put those three things together and still can't score a touchdown. Even, like I said, I'm, I'm giving Kansas City credit, and I'm giving the Arrowhead fans credit. I'm giving... Home field advantage credit, but still, to not get in the end zone with that prolific type of, of scoring threat has got to be some type of concern going against the Patriots up in Gillette Stadium. And your point is valid. The fact that you can win without scoring a touchdown is great. I'm just saying, I don't see that. That's not a formula that you can rely on, especially come next weekend. That's that's where I'm going with it. Well, and let and we're gonna you know we're gonna preview the matchup between Pittsburgh and New England, <clears throat> and certainly that's gonna be a topic for discussion in a few minutes. Um, I, I also want to kind of note that you know um, we have what we call the Dr. Train was not with us tonight. Um, coined the phrase the Four Horsemen, and originally it was Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. And Drew Brees, um, Peyton Manning has retired, <clears throat> so he goes into the uh, you know Four Horsemen, the Madden Voice Four Horsemen Hall of Fame, and um, we replaced him with Ben Roethlisberger, and I think it was well well deserved. Although K Star has thought all along that he deserved to be in the Four Horsemen, but um, I think the timing was right. And if you look at three of the Four Horsemen are playing on Sunday. The only one who isn't is Drew Brees because his team is terrible. It's not Drew Brees' fault because Drew Brees is thrown for 5,000 yards again for the fifth time in his career. Um, only player to ever throw for 5,000 yards more than once, and he's done it five times. So clearly it's not Brees. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's the team sucks, but the other three are playing. Um, but let, let's get to the other game. And, and for the record, I mean, Seattle lost to Atlanta. Um, I don't really, you know, there's nothing really to talk about in that game. It was Saturday. It seemed like, seemed like it was a year ago. It was Saturday. Matt Ryan looked great for a game. He, he's able to do that. You know, I don't believe in him still, but, you know, he played a good game. And he's done that before. He can come out and light it up and play a good game. You know, I don't, I don't think there's a quarterback in the NFL that can't go out there and light it up. And, uh, and, in, and in all fairness, he's had a great season. I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to the whole MVP thing at all. But he's had a good, solid season. He's, he's playing very, very well. Um, and, you know, and, and of course, we know that New England um, took care of business with, um, with Houston. 
what, what I want to focus on in a few minutes when we look at this weekend is the fact that these two teams that are playing in the AFC Conference Championship game, and I want, I'm saying this now to give K-Star and JB both some time to think about that when we get into that momentarily, but um, neither one of them played at their top level going into this game. Certainly, New England um, at points of the game did not look like New England. And, and certainly Pittsburgh not scoring touchdowns is not the Pittsburgh that we know. So advantage who going into Sunday. We'll get to that momentarily. Um, <clears throat> but what I really want to take a few minutes on, um, the game of the weekend, uh, the Dallas Cowboys game's on NFL Network right now. Oh, we're not live, but the um, game will be rebroadcast on NFL Network probably all week. And uh, very, you know, I, I say a couple things, and I'll let Jay get in here, but um, you know, when I, 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 I had someone ask me, is this the most disappointing loss that you've ever, that you can remember? I was asked this today. <clears throat> and um, so I started thinking back, you know, two years ago, right? And, and that was a tough loss with the catch that wasn't a catch that was a catch. But I felt like the team was on an upswing and I was very optimistic for the future. Um, and then in 07 to the Giants, uh, first round bye, and um, lost to the Giants. And again, I thought the team was on an upswing. Um, so I, I, it was a tough loss, but you still felt good about it. So I think the only other loss that felt anything like this to me was in 94 when they lost to San Francisco in the conference championship game, going down 21 nothing early, but then fighting back and making it a game, but still losing. And after having won two straight Super Bowls, you just you just inked them in that they were going back, you know, that this team was going back to the Super Bowl. And that loss stung, um, you know, because they weren't going back to the Super Bowl after winning two straight. And that one hurt. That said, this one's worse. This one's worse because, and one of the things we're going to talk about is the first round buy effect. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Um, it, it's worse because I feel like the better team did not win. The better quarterback won, but the better team didn't win. And, and and that's what bugs me is this was this was the chance to seize it, and um, you know it, we, there's several things that we can point to in the game. But JB, what what's your takeaway here on this loss? Number one, what's your takeaway? And number two, if there was one thing looking at the game that you could go back and change, whether it's a play or whether it's something, just one. So what's your takeaway, and what's one thing that you would have done differently than what actually happened in the game? Well, my takeaway uh, is similar to yours, the, uh, it does a sting, obviously it hurts. Um, is it the worst one for me? I think, actually I think the one from two years ago hurt a bit more because it, it's one thing to lose a game, it's another one to have an opportunity taken from you from a, a bad call from the rest. And I think that's why that one for me stings a bit more than, than this one. Um, I think with this game, it was a matter of getting the rust off, and by the time they really woke up and started to play Cowboy football that we're used to, 
they were just down too much. And you, you got to tip your cap to Aaron Rodgers. And, and you're right. The, the better quarterback won. Better team, yeah, I'm not too sure about that one. Definitely the better quarterback one. And the, the plays that he made, especially that throw to, to Cook, 36 yards, I don't know how many other quarterbacks in professional football ever can make that kind of throw, rolling to the left, throwing cross body, and putting it in a place where only the receiver has an opportunity to catch it. And you got to tip your cap to Cook, and he made a terrific catch for such a big guy. Uh, that's the that's type of play that helps propel teams towards championships. So I had to tip my cap for, for that play by both individuals. Um, the one thing that, the one play that continues to stick out in my head was the Bryce Butler penalty in, in the beginning. Um, the momentum changed from having a, a 22 yard completion for a first down to getting a 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct for being in the huddle. Uh, to me, that at that point in time, I knew that was going to be a monumental mishap. And then looking back, hindsight being 2020, I think it was even larger than that because you could start to see the Cowboys waking up. You could start to see things start to click. And then to have that happen, it kind of derails you for a while. And you start to try to figure out, how do I get my mojo back? And when they finally did, it was 21-3. Now, to their credit, they fell back and made it 21-13. From that point on, we had a game. But to have momentum taken away from you on a play where it's not the rest, it's not, it's not something physical, it's more mental. That one is the one that stands out to me the most. Okay. Um, you know, I guess asking myself the same question, what's my takeaway? Um, is this team is as good as I thought they were? Um, you know, that's my takeaway. They, they deserve to be there. Um, this, you know, when, when you watch a New York Giant team get mollywopped, um, when you watch, um, you know, Seattle get mollywopped, um, you know, and, and this game started off looking like maybe Dallas, you know, was all hype. And then, you know, as, as the slogan has been all week, finish the fight, um, they fought. They fought hard, and they deserve to be there. So my takeaway is, you know, this wasn't a, a hollow 13-3 and record. Um, this was a team who, in games that mattered, <clears throat> their biggest loss all year was three points. I mean, we won't even count Week 17 because the game didn't matter. But they lost to the Giants by one and by three, and they lost to the Packers by three. That's it. So this team is as good as, as advertised. Um, and the thing I would do differently <laughs> is I would run the fucking ball more. I mean, we can talk about the Bryce Butler penalty. We can talk about the hands to the face. We can talk about clocking it with 48 seconds. I didn't get that either. I think they should have called two plays in the, in the huddle. Um, and I think some of that is just, is, is just Dax a rookie. I think Tony would have handled that different. I'm not saying Tony should have played. I'm just saying I think there are certain cases where we forget this guy's a rookie and he's going to make rookie judgments that a veteran may not have done. And I think a rookie, a veteran would have said, if the pass is completed, here's the next play. I think, I think you run another play with 48 seconds of a timeout because you're trying to score a touchdown. Um, but all of that, all of that, um, 
22 carries for 125 yards and 10 carries in the first half for Zeke. Zeke averaged almost six yards a carry. You you said all week that you were going to be who you are. You said all week that you're, you're, you know, we've established um, an identity. We know who we are, and we're not deviating from it. Zeke hadn't played in 20 days. Like, he was fresh. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Tyron Smith is back. He hadn't played in two weeks or longer. 20 days. I think he missed the last game too. Ready to go. Offense is healthy. I don't get it. Because once you get down 21-3, now you're passing. Team ain't built to throw 45 passes. That's not what, and, and with that said, it still made it a game. But this team has played with a lead most of the year. And that has, that, that has been running um, Zeke. And why, for the life of me, on a third and two, are you trying to throw us a little, a little whatever out to Dez and it gets picked off? Like, I don't, I, those, the, the, you know, Jason Garrett, you should be coach of the year for what happened in the regular season and this team's turnaround. But man, the coaching in this game was terrible. Was terrible to me. And, and, and I, I was stunned by just, you know, Bryce Butler goes into that game because he was told to go in. He ain't, guys just don't run in from the sideline. Oh, is it my turn? No, someone sent him in. That's coaching. You know, there, there are things that coaches decide that impact the game. And, and you guys have heard me say for years, head coach, quarterback, head coach, quarterback. You know Aaron Rodgers, if you're trying to substitute, it's going quick snap. He's known for that. You were interviewed this week and said we are prepared for that and then you got caught with the quick snap because that's what he does. You know? I, I, you know, so so I said it this week, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline and how do you do that? You run Zeke. 22 carries is not enough. It's not enough. He should have had the ball 30 times. Here's an example. K-Star, how many carries did Le'Veon Bell get? Over 30. That's what I'm talking about. 30 carries. 30 carries, 180 yards, if I remember correctly. Yep. Okay. Zeke, 22 carries, 125 yards. Very similar. Very similar. One is six yards a carry. One is like 5.6 yards a carry. Same, same neighborhood, but one carried 30 times, one carried 22 times. One carried the ball 18 times in the first half. I do more work. One carried the ball ten times in the first half. Got to run. You got that. That's what you went and got him for. Why did you deviate? I just I don't understand why you deviated. Yes, okay. Now you're down twenty-one-three. I get it. You got to pass the ball more, but you didn't. You didn't. The game didn't start up twenty-one-three. You know, it was three nothing. Then it was seven-three. Then it was fourteen. I mean, you had. You still had time to do what you do. The other thing is uh, you targeted Dez 12 times. He caught nine passes. That Gunther or whatever his name was, he couldn't cover that. Dez finally is back to Dez. Dez, Dez was all, yeah, I, I'm a huge, I've been a big Dez critic for a couple of years, but he was absolutely, he was just a monster. Watching, I'm watching this again, I'm just like, damn, Dez he, was on a mission. He, he was on a mission. He was phenomenal. 
This is the dash from two years ago. This is the dash yep. that I said, fuck Calvin Johnson. No disrespect to Antonio Brown. This guy is the best in the game. That's how I felt. I don't feel that way now because he didn't do this all year. If he had done this all year, K-Star, we'd be arguing, okay? Can't argue with you because he didn't do this all year. But that's the guy that, that's, that's the guy right there. What you saw in this game, that's the guy. If he does that all year, then he's, he's either the best in the game or we have a nice debate going on between him and Brown and maybe Julio Jones. I don't know. But, I, you know, now, now you, for, you know what I mean? You, you, you force him the ball when there's zone coverage or double coverage, but when he has single coverage, you, man, I would have been, I would have been throwing him that ball all game. I would have been running Zeke all game. Like, like the, the Packers defense didn't have anything to really scare you. The scary part was that number 12 guy. He was the scary one. So keep him off the field. And if you're going to throw the ball, man, Des need to be getting that ball. And I don't mean that dumb, stupid. It's just, that's just a stupid play. You see the guys got press coverage. Why would you throw that? Or why would you guys even call that? Where's, and then I wonder, you know, I wonder, if the play gets called in, Zeke, you know, I mean, uh, Dak can audible out. Kill, kill, kill. You guys always hear that. That's, that. That means they're going to the second play. And I'm not blaming. I'm just saying that was not the right call. You know, and, and the other thing I got to say, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, um, I ain't a fan of this first round bye thing right now because this team for a quarter and a half looked like they just, they were just not awake. You know, they just, they weren't, they weren't there. You know, I, I, that first quarter and a half, they were terrible can, overall. Can, can I just say, you know what, uh, the beginning of the game kind of remind me of, maybe I'm just slightly biased, but it remind me of Steelers Colts from 05 when the Colts had a couple weeks layoff and they were like 14 and 2 and just the best offense all season. And the Steelers came in as a six seed, just really on fire. And it came up like, honestly, I think they were up 21 3 at the end of the second quarter as well, just because they started off so hot and. Indy looked like they were pretty rusty starting off the game, and then, you know, Indy caught fire, made it the game, and, and lost at the very end. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of that, where a team, you know, was a little off in the game, and they, they went up against a team that was in, in rhythm and, and on fire, and then made it, you know, that kind of made it tough to overcome that deficit. You know, there were players that needed to get healthy, and I get it. But, man, I, I got to tell you, looking back on it, I just wonder if they had been a wild card and not, not a first-round bye. And stayed in rhythm, <clears throat> you know, um, because they 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 came out flat, and you can't go down twenty-one to three to Aaron Rodgers. It's just you just, you just can't you can't do that. The other the other thing I want to say is, um, it, Mo, Mo Claiborne's got to go. I'm done with him. Um, if I talk about Tony Romo being injury prone, no, that's Maurice Claiborne. Um, here's a guy who was out nine games, tore a, a bone off of his somewhere in his groin, and um, you know they 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 didn't put him on IR. They didn't have to do surgery. They wanted to see if it would heal on its own. <clears throat> it did. He was able to come back. Before he went out, he was actually, um, and y'all can check it in Pro Football Focus, but he was graded the number one cornerback in the NFL. Um, so I was excited to have him come back. He looked like garbage. He looked like garbage. And most of his career, he's looked like garbage. 
this first half of this year, he looked good. Other than that, this his most of his career, he's looked like garbage. And then guess what? He, his ribs got hurt, and he was out of the game. Missed the whole second half of the game. Done. Goodbye. So long. Right, we don't need you. You can't stay on the field. You know, it, it, you know, it's just a waste of a roster spot. You know, farewell. Adios. Fuck out. Um, Jay, any addition? Any yeah. additional? Oh, go ahead. Who's that? Case there? Go ahead. Uh, I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> oh, fuck him. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Jay, any additional thoughts about this game? I got to talk all night about it because it's just, I'm just disgusted. But any, any uh, other thoughts? JB. Did we lose you? Shows that he's still on, but I don't hear you, JB. Did Can you hear me when I talk? Yeah, I got you. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. I was always talking myself. So, what I was saying is, let me start where you ended off and work backwards with with Mo Claiborne when when the Cowboys traded up to get him at the number six spot. I said that that they shouldn't have done that. They would have had him if they just stood to the ground. They still would have been able to pick him up because personally, I thought he was overrated. He's a, he, had, he was a good cornerback coming out of college. I didn't think he was a great cornerback coming out of college. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Um, but, you know, working backwards, K-Star, you mentioned the old five Colts and, 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 um, and Steelers. Personally, I don't even think you have to go back that far. I think go back 24 hours and look at how the Patriots played. We all thought that Houston was just going to get dusted. They didn't have a, a snowball chance in hell of making that a game. Now, granted, it ended up being 34-16, but it was a much closer game than the score indicated. And I think a lot of that also has to do with being off two weeks, having that buying, having that rush build up. And I think that's the same thing happened with the Cowboys, and I agree. If we were talking about being a wild card and going in there, you played every week. Now you've got momentum, and now you got a rhythm. And I think if, if the tables had turned, if the Cowboys were playing the Texans, or anybody other than the Packers, they probably would have won. But when you got number 12 back there, hot. I mean, just absolutely scorching hot. And still almost managed to pull it off. Uh, that's got to say something. I know there's nothing for, for more victories, but they almost upset him. And, and he's playing at his peak of all peaks right now. And he's going to be a hard out for next week. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um you know, he, he's playing at a very high level. And that said, I mean, statistically, Dak was right there with him. Um, you know, can, can we just, can we just, you know, we talked about Zeke and, and you know, uh, Zeke played well, uh, Dez played well. But, you know, <clears throat> can't say enough about Dak Prescott. Um, just overall, how this guy just doesn't blink. I mean, here he is in the biggest game of his life as a rookie. Divisional playoff game against a legend, right? A living legend across the field from him. Came out 21-3 to on him. And dude didn't flinch, you know, and just stayed composed and fought back and, and led the team back to, you know, to make it a game. Um, you know, and, and so, I mean, you know, hey, I'll admit it, I was wrong. You know, um, I will always wonder what would have happened. I ain't going to lie, though. I will always wonder, this will be the year... You know, I'll be I'll be sitting in an old folks' home 
Um, no joke to K-Star in about 30 years. Yeah, whatever, K-Star. I know you think of something mean to say. But anyway, I'll be sitting in old folks' home, you know, gum and grapes. And I'll be talking about, well, I remember back in 2000, what was that, Art 16? Now, boy, boy, that boy Romo got hurt, man. That, 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 that guy, Dak Prescott, you know, the one who set the record and won eight Super Bowls with the Cowboys? Well, I remember when he was a rookie. <laughs> Well, I remember when he was a rookie, and I, you know, I wonder what would have happened if Tony Romo, you know, uh, you know, ran for president and lost. Uh, I wonder what would have happened if he um, had a team that year. No, what would have happened? I'm going to wonder that forever. I'm going I'm to wonder that. Because barring injury, I still think Tony was the better quarterback, more experienced quarterback, no doubt, and, and had a command of this offense. And as Jerry Jones said in his interview with Michael Irvin on the weekend, this team was built for Tony Romo. You know, everything they did was considering Tony Romo. Um, this team was not built for Dak Prescott, although he did an admirable job. And it is his team. But it was built for Tony Romo. I will always wonder what would have happened, assuming, again, that Tony was able to play a season uh, injury-free. Could this team have done as well? Would they have done better? You know, or would they have done worse? We'll never know, but I will always, I will always wonder that. Um, and yeah, one thing I want to keep saying on top of that, though, Steve, going back to your statement about the Cowboys should have ran the ball more, I, I agree with that also, but I think, I think we, to me, in, in some aspects, and, and maybe I'm in the minority, but it seemed like to me this was, this was Dax coming out party. And I'm not saying that to say, well, what about the what he did in the regular season? I'm not talking about that. This was really the first time he was tested where he has to have the team on his back and they got to throw their way into getting back in the game. And from that test, to me, it was like he passed with flying colors. So it was nice to see him be the, the, the reason as to why they got back into the game and not just uh, a, a small portion of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, and with respect to that, though, um, this was not the game to do that because you got a guy on the, I mean, you left this guy two timeouts in 35 seconds and he was able to get them in the field goal range and win the game. This isn't the guy to have the coming out party passing against because he's going to win. He ain't going to outpass Aaron Rodgers this year. Of course year. not. They, they were expected to do that. Right. And so I agree with you in essence. He, he certainly, but, but, you know, he put a stamp on the game, but they lost. And, I, and, you know, if the object of the game is to win, um, then, you know, how does this team justify running um, running <clears throat> Zeke ten times in the first half? You know? No, I, 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 they should have run the ball more. I'm, and I'm not disputing that at all. I, I agree 100% what you're saying. It's just, to me, given that, as we always talk about the eyeball test, we talked about the entire year. He's never really had to throw down field. He's never had to to uh, have his hand forced, if you will, and now he had the, the opportunity where his hand was forced, and he came through. Yeah, no, he did. He did. I, I, you know, and at some point, maybe I'll come around and say, yeah, that was great right now. I'm just saying, you want to win the game, run the ball more. You know, have you yeah, yeah, coming out <laughs> have you coming out party against, against Matt Ryan, because you know he's going to throw for 350 next weekend. So there you go. You know, go, go up and down the court, go up and down the field against Matt Ryan. But, uh, you know, the game yesterday, I, I, I just, you know, um, 
And who knows? Maybe if they had ran the ball more, he still would have had a throw in the second half and could have had a great. But I think, I think, you know, this was not the time for them to run 22 times and throw 43 times. I just, I, I question Jason Garrett and Sean Lanahan on that. I mean, I, I, I get it. You were behind, but you know, you kind of from the beginning was throwing more than you were passing. And I just, I, it just it, that's gonna that's gonna stick into my side. I wish I wish I could be in the press conference to ask Jason Garrett, what were you thinking? You know, what what was your plan? You know, um, why why did you feel that that was the way when you said you were gonna be who you are and all year who you were was running the ball? Why didn't you just run the ball? Why didn't you run the ball? And I, I think if anything, what they should have done is at least. They weren't going to run the ball as much because of the deficit. At least feature Zeke more in the passing game, give them the ball more because he's their top, or one of him and Dez, their top playmakers at least. So I feel like, if anything, they should at least got him the ball more. Yeah, they can do that, but I saw you post that too. But, you know, he, he the scheme isn't set up like your scheme for your guy. You know, we've got guys to, to throw to. We've got Cole Beasley. We've got Terrence Williams. We've got Jason Witten. You know, we, you know we've got even Dunbar. You know, they, they threw him in there a couple of times, you know. But, I mean, you know, even even those guys. And, of course, Dez was, you know, played great. So, I mean, we don't really – we we this – he can catch. We've seen him run screens and things. He, he has the ability to do that. But right now, they really just need him to run. That, that you know, move that and wear down. You saw Green Bay getting tired and getting worn down in the second half. We saw that. And wearing them down is that uh, that massive offensive line. Run, run, run. Just you know, pound it, pound it, pound it. And that kind of wasn't there. And that's just, that's just sticking in my side. Um, Last thing I want to say, I think it's going to be the last thing. It may not be, but I think it'll be the last thing. Uh, actually, two things. One is, so Jason Witten doesn't know if he's going to come back or not. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. As somebody posted, this is what I mean by ignorant fans. How can Jason Witten be a Hall of Famer? Someone posted. How, how can he be a Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, that, you know, you don't watch football. Um, you, you know. Um, Oh, there's something I want to ask K-Star about in a minute, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, so, Jason, I hope you come back and, 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 and do one more year. I, I, I'd like to see as many of these pieces, particularly on offense. Uh, defense is another discussion. You need a pass rusher. You need a pass rusher. And need one that doesn't that's not going to smoke weed and get suspended, like Demarcus Lawrence, like Randy Gregory. Okay, we need a pass rusher. We need a monster pass rusher. Go see if DeMarcus Ware wants to come back for one year. Something I don't know, but y'all, we need someone to get to the quarterback. Someone whose job is to get to the quarterback. Because even if he can't get there and they double team him, it's going to free up the other guy to get there more. But we need that. We need it desperately. Okay. Uh, that said, I want to just say one thing. I don't know what's going to happen to Tony Romo. Um, Tony's my quarterback. Okay, when I was when I grew up, Roger was my quarterback. Love me some Roger Staubach, you know. And then Danny White, you know, who was a punter, um, took over, and he was a decent quarterback. You know, uh, I think history makes him look better than he really was. But he went to a couple of NFC Championship games. 
He was a punter. <laughs> he was also the backup quarterback. He was not my quarterback. And then, uh, you know, you, you had uh, Steve Walsh and the Trey Aikman thing, which ultimately became Trey Aikman. He was my quarterback. You know, guys, you, you know, you just, you just have faith and rely on, you know. Tony Romo's my quarterback. And I don't mean it like the T.O. Uh, it's my quarterback. I just mean I knew that anything that was going to happen on that team, Tony was going to try to make it happen. Tony was going to show up. Tony was going to leave it on the field. Tony, you know, wasn't going to get suspended. He wasn't going to miss meetings. He wasn't going to have any scandals. That's my quarterback. And, and I will be saddened. I was saddened this year to see him as a backup. It just, he's too good to be a backup. And I don't want to see Dallas keep him as a backup next year. I just don't. I think the team owes it to him to figure out somewhere for him to go and get another chance. He has earned the right to go somewhere else and start. Just do me a favor. Don't send him to the Redskins or, you know, somebody we got to play, please. Send him over to AFC. See if Houston's looking for another quarterback. Although their money's kind of tied up. I hear Denver's not interested. Fine. Maybe the Jets, you know. But send him over to AFC where we don't got to see him. But, Tony, thank you. Thank you very much. And I don't expect you to be in this uniform next year. But, man, it's been a great run. Um, your run is over. It's Dak's team. But, man, we'll never forget you. You gave it all. You you gave us 100%. You are literally the definition of fight. And, man, wherever you go, I'm going to be in your corner and wish you success. You, individually. I don't care about your team. But I'm going to wish you some success. Um, all right. I, 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 I have to ask K-Star this. And I know what you're going to say. but So there's a guy out here in Connecticut. Um, Sebastian it's either Joe or John I think it's, I don't know Joe, or, I, I have to look him up um, let me look him up, but he's out here in Connecticut and I used to listen to, he's a radio guy, and I used to listen to uh, Sebastian when he had his show on the radio and um, he kind of disappeared for a while and uh, you know, he's back and he recently started doing um, uh, it's Joe it's Joe Sebastian so, uh, Sebastian Sports is, is uh, his website now, and um, he's been on uh, six, uh, uh, WCCC here locally in Connecticut, 660 The Fan out of New York, um, you know, so he, he's a longtime broadcaster. Um, I'm not really trying to blow smoke, I'm just saying who he is. He posted, and several people agreed. Actually, let me just let me just do let me just do you let me do one better here. I really want K Star's reaction to this because him and I went at it. Because um, I don't care, he ain't nobody to me, you know. But I, I'm curious. So the first thing he posted had nothing to do with football. It was had to do with basketball and how bored he was watching the UConn women. Congratulations to them, 91 straight. How bored he was and and how Gino is not a good coach. He's a good recruiter and anybody. Could coach his words. Anybody could coach the UConn team and win 90 in a row. Okay, so he makes statements like that. If you're a sports fan, you know that's ridiculous. It's just it's just ridiculous. Okay, um, but here, here, here's the one that got me um, got me going. Mike Tomlin is another tool. Swift kicks to avoid Hill and tight end takes it 45 to start drive. 
grow a pair. Okay? Um, so I wrote, because <clears throat> he won a Super Bowl and you host the radio show, God, it seems equal to me. Okay? He responded, don't be an ass. And uh, I said, um, I said, oh, I can post only things that you like. Got it. You make a post that disrespects a great coach and Super Bowl winner. What do you expect? He says, nobody but you thinks he's a great coach, which he said to me before. That's his famous go-to line. Uh, well, you're the only one that thinks that way. And I was like, I said, here we go with that again. Live in your land of delusion. So he said, take a, <laughs> take a poll, why don't you? I guess Terry Bradshaw is a dope, too. So I had to remind him that Terry said, you know, he was a cheerleader, but then walked back his statement and said that he should have used a different word. He meant more like motivator. Okay. Then this other idiot got in and, you know, a conversation, you know. So, you know, K-Star, you know, hey, it's a stupid question to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Coach Tomlin, a tool. Is he a cheerleader? Your thoughts? <laughs> this is so silly. Um, coach Tom was a great coach. Like I don't know if any franchise outside New England that may, you know, would would not want him in there as their head coach. I don't know what more you want. I mean, the guy literally has been posting ten with seasons, literally six of eight seasons. I mean, the guy's been to Super Bowls, multiple division championships. And the thing is, like. It, this is like the funniest year for anyone to say that he's a cheerleader because again like we're seeing the Steelers defense and Tomlin's a defensive guy he came from Minnesota when he was a where he was a fantastic coordinator and you're seeing now like the Steelers defense transform and like seeing really really young players outside of James Harrison really develop and and take on key roles such as like Bud Dupree Ross Cockrell like so many of these guys and it's through Tomlin's development and you know apparently from what, everything I've read you know, he spends more time with the defensive guys than anything else because that's his side of the ball. So you see the maturation of, his, of those guys, and it's like between his resume, between his player development we've seen, um, and, and like literally, again, this is the funniest season for anyone to say that when you look at how much better the Steelers' defense is than we all thought they would or would be. What does that tell you? Is that personnel? Not quite just personnel. It's coaching. Coaching matters. And you see him develop players, and so to me it's just absolutely ridiculous. He's yeah, absolutely I, a great coach. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think, and I even wrote made a comment. Like I said, wow. I said, so I guess the Roonies don't know what they're doing. And the guy's like, yep, you're right. I'm like, so <laughs> I said, so I said, don't get me wrong. I am not a Steelers fan at all. But three coaches in the history of the franchise, six Super Bowls, and each coach has won a Super Bowl. No franchise can say that. Like, you know, it, it comes a point in time where you just have to shut up because you're just making yourself sound more and more and more stupid. Okay, you know, and Mike Tomlin's a great coach. This is, it's, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, the, the Steelers are a contender every year. You guys are in the discussion every year as to winning your division, getting in the playoffs, and what's the team everybody, well, used to be Peyton Manning and the Colts, right? You know, that's the team that would take down uh, Brady. But over the last few years, it's really been Steelers, right? Steelers, they're the team built to take down Big Ben. They play, I mean, to take down Tom Brady. 
they play in cold weather too, so Foxborough is no big deal because they play in Pittsburgh. They're the team. We were saying it when when your team got hot. We started thinking, wow, you know, I hate that idiot. We all said it. Even I said it. The one team you wouldn't want to play in the AFC are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, that game's coming to fruition. And and to not give Tomlin any credit for that is just asinine. You know, it's just it's completely ridiculous. So, um, yeah, and, and real real quick, uh, just pulled up his record. I mean, the dude is averaging over ten wins a season in his uh, tenure in Pittsburgh, dating back almost ten years in two thousand seven. Hasn't had one losing season at all throughout his entire duration. I mean, won the division. Uh, like seventy percent of the time, like what? <laughs> like, yeah. what? This is such a ridiculous conversation to have, especially when you, again you see with the Steelers defense, what the much maligned defense going into the season, what they turned into through through his coaching and tutelage. So it's just it's just it's so silly. You know, it's almost as dumb as listening to Stephen A. Smith say that Jason Garrett it would be his coach of the year, but he could also understand if Jerry Jones wanted to fire Jason Garrett. <laughs> So 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 he's your that coach of the year. there's you can't get any bigger of a contradiction than to say when does the coach of the year get fired? Why would the coach of the year's job be on 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 the line? Like it, it, you know, he said some stupidity about Jerry Jones isn't getting any younger, and the window for these players is small, and so maybe he feels that Jason Garrett isn't the guy to get it done. Well. He, he, he is the guy to get it done because they're that close to getting it done. You know, you say that about a Cleveland Browns. You say that about a Jaguars. You say that about a New York Jets. You're not the guy to get it done. You say that about the Chicago Bears even. You know what I mean? You don't say that about the freaking Dallas Cowboys who went from 4-12 and 12 to, you know, 13-3. Uh, and, three. and um, you know... The, the other thing to remember is, and then I'm going to get off Dallas. I'm going to try. Two years ago, 12 and 4, divisional round. Last year, Romo's out. No good backup. The team tanked. This year, um, Romo gets hurt, but now we've got a quarterback, right? So, two out of the last three years has been a good, solid starting quarterback. They make it to divisional round. The team is trending in the right direction. You know, they're trending in the right direction. So, whatever. The coach is doing it's working because they're heading in the right direction. Twelve and four division round, thirteen and three first round by. You know we'll, we'll see what next year brings, but I hope it just keeps trending in that direction. So on that note, let's move on to this weekend's games. Um, JB, let's start with the Falcons hosting, uh, you know Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, who do you got and why? Ooh. Well, this one I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Falcons, um, <laughs> partially because I'm pissed off with Aaron Rodgers for what he just did last night. But also, I think that uh, the, the the Falcons' attack is pretty balanced. They have the two running backs, Freeman uh, and Coleman, that can not only run the ball, they can catch the ball. You've got, like I said before, Gabriel came up big. Julio Jones. You got weapons, and, and Matt Ryan is coming into his own. I know you don't believe in him, but he's having an MVP caliber year, and I think that their defense, with with Big B Lee coming up, fifteen and a half sacks. I think if they can get pressure on on Rodgers, which I think is what was missing last night, if they can get constant pressure on him, either up the middle or even from the, the flanks, they got a chance to disrupt his rhythm. If you can get him off rhythm, you got a chance at winning. 
and the dome is going to be rocking. So I'm going to say the Falcons mainly because I'm pissed with them, but also because I think they have a legitimate chance to win it. So Falcons are Okay. Hey, Star, who do you got and why? Yeah, I like, I, I also like Atlanta. You know, they just have so much firepower just all around the board and playing at home on that fast track. Um, this offense, you know, I, I totally agree that Matt Ryan has had an MVP-like season. At least the argument is certainly there. And this is a team that, you know, uh, averaged basically 30 points a game, scored on 55% of their drives, by far the best in the NFL. And Green Bay secondary is, is banged up. Um, so when they last played, uh, Green Bay couldn't stop them either. And that was earlier on in the season when their defense uh, was more healthy than it is now. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's just too much firepower, too much for Green Bay to overcome. I don't know if Devontae Adams is going to play. I don't know if Jordy Nelson is going to play. Um, and those are some big-time long. There's no way that the Packers, in my opinion, could, could actually beat the Falcons if they don't have – they're starting their top two options on the outside. Like that's just too much of a task to even for Aaron Rodgers to over overcome against an offense like Atlanta. Well, I, I have. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I you know, I don't believe in Atlanta, and Green Bay just beat us. How how can I root for either team? I don't care. I'm gonna watch the game. And, you know, the, the Super Bowl participant is going to be either the guy that just beat us or a guy that I don't believe in. So, we, we, you know, what do you want from me? I got nothing for you. I'm going to watch the game. Um, I guess if I had to pick, I would, I would probably, um, I'd probably give the edge to Aaron Rodgers because, I, you know, he's just playing on another level right now. And as much as I hate to admit it, it's the truth. He's just... And, and I get it, he may not have Jordy, we'll see, and, you know, Montgomery got a little banged up, and, you know, I mean, we're watching the play right now that, that, that sealed the fate for the Cowboys, showing it as we speak, um, you know, his mobility and what he's able to do. Now, we know that uh, Dan Quinn, former Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator, has got the Falcons D, and they were playing pretty good, and they, they were getting pressure, which some Dallas had a hard time getting. How the hell did Rodgers hold that ball when he hit him? Man, and he should have came with that, that swipe. You know, he might have got that ball, and now we're having a different conversation. But anyway, I digress. Um, I guess I, I'd probably lean, you know, 51-49 to Green Bay. Um, I don't think, you know, obviously they came into Dallas and won, so home field, hey, you know, that, that 105,000 people in AT&T Stadium. Um but I don't care. <laughs> you know, I really don't care who wins. Um, I don't care. Yeah, I'm bitter. What? Say something. I'm bitter. All right, K-Star, the other game, your Pittsburgh Steelers against uh, New England Patriots. And we saw, um, you know, I think one of you guys hit on it. The Patriots start off, you know, it just they weren't really themselves. Um, they won. Um, you know, but had they been playing a team like Pittsburgh, this weekend, I don't know what would happen. You know, so you've got Pittsburgh, couldn't get in the end zone, was able to rack up a lot of points, and you've got, like, you know, we're saying New England didn't play, scored 34 points, and we're saying they didn't look like themselves, but the reality is they really didn't look like themselves. It was not a stellar game for Tom Brady. 
So I know you're going to pick Pittsburgh, so that's not the question. The question is, what? why are you picking, why specifically do you think the Steelers can go into Foxborough and this would be an upset. Upset, you know, 14-2, and two, now 15-2. and two. Tom Brady led the England Patriots. Kista. Well, Antonio Brown against the Patriots uh, last last couple of seasons says, uh, or I'm sorry, last three games has had over 100 yards in each game. The last game in particular is most interesting because we all know the Patriots like to take away the best playmaker of the opposing team. And the last time we played them, our quarterback was uh, Mr. Landry, our backup, and they still couldn't stop Antonio Brown. So the the fact that you know they, they game plan to stop the players and they still can't stop Antonio Brown, you have Big Ben also coming in the fold, of course. Um, and most importantly, they have a guy that they can control the game with in Le'Veon Bell, either in the passing game or out the or just running the ball at the backfield. So I think that the best chance this has is starting off, uh, you know, coming away with, with seven, uh, getting getting the head on New England and taking the air out of the ball, not trying to make it a shootout, just trying to outlast New England. And, I mean, you know, Le'Veon Bell is playing such consistent, you know, grinding grinding the chains type football where it's he's just so hard to stop and the Steelers can control the ball at will. And I think that, they're going to need to do that against New England. And really, the, what separated New England and Pittsburgh the last couple of meets have, has been Rob Gronkowski, who obviously would not be playing. You have Martellus Bennett, who's banged up. And the Steelers' cornerbacks have been absolutely phenomenal on the outside uh, for the second half of the season. So I think that that plays into Pittsburgh's strength, and they've been less, average less than 100 yards on the ground. The Steelers' defense does. So I think they have abilities to stop the run as well and just control the game through on the line of scrimmage with Le'Veon Bell with Antonio Brown, and the Steelers sh- should be getting uh, Mr. Ladarius Green back, who is a very, very athletic tight end that makes it really hard to uh, control the middle of the field against the Steelers, who, um, when they have them, have been able to do what they want. And that's why I like Pittsburgh, because I think Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown can move the chains and control the game script just enough for Pittsburgh to outlast New England. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> as I watched the winning field goal on the Green Bay-Dallas game, and I keep watching it, hoping that maybe, you know, it will actually miss this time, even though it's a replay. But anyway, um, JB, same game. Who do you got and why? Well, I'm, I'm going to support the Steelers just because of K-Star. A friend of mine down here, Charlie Hurt, her team is, is Steelers. But my analytical hat, my analyst hat, if you will, is New England, and here's why. I mean, one, they're playing at home. Uh, that's going to be huge. Uh, advantage for New England. Secondly, I get the feeling that even though New England won by 18, they're almost feeling as though they, they shouldn't have won that game. and they're, they're kind of pissed at themselves for the way they played. And I think the adjustments that they're going to make versus the adjustments that the Steelers are going to make are going to be a little bit greater for New England. I think they're going to fine-tune some of the mistakes that they made and be able to come out and get a win. It's going to be a hard-fought game regardless, but I think it's going to come down to the, the Patriots making one more play than, than the Steelers, so I'm going with New England. All right. Well, you know, I'm going with emotion. You know what I mean? Because I'm emotional because my team ain't in it no more. Um, I just got through watching them lose again. This is the third time I've seen this damn game. I'm irritated. I'm annoyed. So I think the Cowboys were the better team. 
would have loved the challenge of hosting the Falcons because I think we could beat them too. Um, so my emotion is saying Steelers. You know, I don't like the Patriots. Never liked the Patriots. You know, I don't like them. I don't like. I don't believe in Atlanta. And I damn sure ain't supporting Green Bay. So K Star, I'm riding this. I'm riding this playoff train with you, bro. I'm putting on my little bandwagon Steeler jersey. I'm putting on my 32 Franco Harris jersey. And I'm gonna give you. I'm giving y'all some support because you 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 the lesser of all the evils left. I don't like. I will never root for the Patriots ever since I shook Bob Kraft's hand many years ago when he was coming to Hartford. He was coming to Connecticut, you know. And I shook. I personally shook the man's hand as part of trying to get their business with a company that I was with, and it was all a big ruse to get the mass to get me you a know, pony up and get them a stadium. So um, I can never root for them. Period. I don't believe in Matt Ryan. I don't give a damn how good he plays. I don't believe in him. I don't believe in his team. And I damn sure ain't supporting the team that just beat me. So the only one left is the Steelers. So I'm putting on my Franco or my Lynn Swan, you know, jersey or maybe, you know what? No, 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 no. Forget all that. I'm putting on 75. I'm putting on my Mean Joe Green because I'm just, I'm just mad. I'm putting on my Mean Joe Green jersey and I'm supporting the Steelers. And I hope y'all take it, man. I hope y'all go all the way, man. I hope you go all the way, get number seven, you know. And at that point, you know, the Cowboys may be the most valuable franchise in the world, but I think no one can deny that the Steelers with seven Super Bowl wins would be the greatest NFL franchise. I don't think it's deniable at that point. So I'm throwing my ring in. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get on your back, man. I'm, uh, You know, we normally rivals. I'm normally telling you, you know, about the fact that Dez is better than Brown and Zeke is better than uh, 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 Bell, um, you know, or Murray back in the day, and Ben ain't a four horseman. Uh, I'm always got something to say. I ain't got nothing to say, man. I ain't got to say because your your team's still playing and we ain't, and I'm bitter. So because of that, I I I, I can't beat him. I'm gonna join him. I'm still a Cowboy fan. I want everybody for a minute to say I'm not a Cowboy fan. I'm not saying I'm a Steeler fan. I'm saying football is more interesting to me if you're throwing your hat in, in support of a team. You can just roll and say, okay, this is a team I'm hoping that wins. So I'm telling it. I'm coming on our international live. Well, this is a live. This is recorded. But whoever's hearing me is hearing me right now because they're listening. And I'm saying I'm, 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 I'm rolling with K-Star. I'm rolling with the, the three B's, the triple B's, the trio, whatever the heck you want to call them. I'm rolling. Don't let me down, K-Star. Right? I won't be coming on the show next week talking about what the hell happened. Okay, what the hell happened? Of course, then you'll probably blame me and say we did better when you weren't on our, on our side, T. Um, but I'm, I'm rolling. I'm rolling with y'all. Y'all still there? Yeah, that's it, man. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, I mean, we, we got a shot, right? We wanted to see, at least maybe it's just me, but from the AFC side, I think the England Pittsburgh, we all saw it possibly on the horizon. And I think that really is a match that most people want to see from the AFC. Um, and, I mean, it's coaching quarterback on both sides. Surely New England has the GOATs on their side, but, I mean, you got Hall of Famers, arguably, and, and 
Ben and Tomlin their own selves. You got you know one of the greatest receivers um, of this of this era. You know Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell is a consistent machine. So Neyland has their work cut out for them. It's gonna be their toughest challenge, one way or another. And I think that sets up well for Pittsburgh to at least have a pretty good, pretty really good shot at making this upset. These are games where legends are created. You know Brady's Brady's. You know, history is documented. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he will be considered one of the top two or three quarterbacks of all time, depending on who you are. He'll either be number one, he'll be number two behind Tom Brady. And in some cases, um, you know, now people throw Aaron Rodgers in there. Even my coach said that Aaron Rodgers is one of the top three ever to play this game. And a little early for that, but. Um, I, I would say Brady is is sitting there next to Joe Montana. Um, so so for Ben to then escalate up to that level of discussion, where we can legitimately start to look at Ben as one of the greatest ever, where we can honestly say, hmm, where does Ben fit into the great? Not just the greatest today, but now a third Super Bowl would really do it, and to have done it by beating. You know, and when we say beating, obviously, quarterbacks, this isn't tennis, right? So they don't play each other. But it is a head-to-head matchup, and that is kind of how we look at it, right? We've looked at Brady and, Brady and Manning for years, right? You know, um, so, so we, we do kind of look at it that way. So this is really big for the legacy of Ben Roethlisberger to be able to add to his resume and to say, hey, you know, as a wild card, um, team, um, you know, we were able to go in and you know defeat Tom Brady in his house on our way to make the Super Bowl and hopefully ultimately win the Super Bowl. Man, then 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 man, I mean, now you got three Super Bowl wins, bro. Now you now you're on another level. Now you're up there with Troy Aikman. You know what I mean? Yep. You know you, you're knocking on the door with Montana and Brady. It's another level now. So. Um, very exciting for you, man. Very exciting for you. Uh, uh, I agree and, and appreciate it. And by the way, I saw that you liked my post. Um, you know, little known fact, JB, I don't know if you saw it, but 13 of the past 14 AFC title games either featured Tom Brady, Big Ben, or Peyton Manning. It's insane. Uh, yeah. It's a really cool post. It's yeah. hard to tag me so you can see it, but yeah, it's, it's literally cool. insane. It is cool. Yeah. Last, no last item for the night, uh, just curiosity. Start with JB on this one. So um, Antonio Brown did a Facebook Live video, and in the background you could hear Mike Tomlin talking about you know um, uh, you know this team's getting a day and a half head start on us. Talking about the Patriots, but we're gonna be ready. You know these assholes. Blah 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 blah. Um, and he posted it. He ended up ultimately taking it down, but. You know, news media got a hold of it, so it's 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 been all over the news, and um, so you know he's getting chastised for one publishing it with your coach talking, like you know, and and and, and so that's kind of like you know locker room talk. Um, I don't know if you heard about it, JB. You have any thoughts about it? And then we'll get we'll get K Star's thoughts about it. I did hear about it. I'm I'm more interested in hearing what K Star has to say. My question is why. I mean, in this day and age, 2017, why? Why add fuel to the fire 
why instigate anything? Why why even bother doing it? I, I, I need help understanding that one before I can do anything else. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me, so I just need to understand why. Why he did it? Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what was the purpose of it? Including that your coach is in the background talking and knowing that you're recording that or yourself or what have you, no matter what, is being picked up. It's, it's social media. Why? And then put it out. It's because it's social media and because because what millennials do with social media is they get likes and views and follows and comments and that's 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 what you want so that's the only reason to do it there is literally no other reason but to say look look at me i've got twenty thousand oh no it's twenty five thousand nope it's thirty thousand wow look at me look at all the people look at me 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 i'm not saying anything bad about him as a football player but I'm just saying, in general, this just millennial generation, which he is a part of, that's the purpose of social media, is to get likes and follows and comments. So that's why they do it. No other reason. That's why. People, you wear all types of different outfits and whatnot and, and get followed by everybody just for the outfit that he has on. So why add this to the repertoire of reasons to get likes? That's, that, I get all that millennial stuff, but... You're on the verge of doing something big, huge. I mean, K-Star, you just said it yourself. Last 13 out of 14 uh, AFC championships have had either Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, or Tom Brady. You're on the verge of something big. Why put that out there? Why put yourself in front of the team and not behind it, knowing the consequences and ramifications, irregardless of being on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and getting all these likes? Social media, stuff is going to get out there. Think about your team first, not yourself. K-Star, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no real defense for it. Um, I don't like that at all. I mean, it was dumb. But, you know, I mean, I don't think he had ill will. I just think that he was wrapped up in the moment, excited, and also he loves him some, some AB. AB loves AB. And you're right, he is a millennial. So I guarantee it was innocent at, at the point, and he wasn't thinking of it, which – you can argue the bigger issue is that, you know, you're not thinking of other people outside of yourself, but, um, I mean, that's really pretty much it. He shouldn't have done it. You know, he did. I don't think it's going to be a big deal because, I mean, I mean, what, the Patriots aren't, are we going to argue the Patriots aren't assholes? Like, come on. You know, that's what, that's what happens. But it was a dumb move. I can't defend the move itself. You know? Well, I will, but, say, I will say this, though, about it. Um, what you know, and I just got through giving Mike Tomlin all types of credit and all types of praise. But how, how are you doing a post game talk and your starting wide receiver superstar isn't front and center? He's off on the side somewhere with his cell phone doing a Facebook live video. Like, how is that okay from the coach's perspective? Like, and, and I'm sure it's not. But, but that's my point is it's not okay yet he did it. So what made him think? That's what I don't understand is what made him think that it would be okay with the coach. I don't care what his individual motivation was. I really don't. But, you know, did, doesn't the coach have an environment that that would, I mean, you know, I think back to like a Jimmy Johnson or Bill Parcells, even Jason Garrett now. You would not see that with Jason Garrett. You, you just wouldn't, okay? Um you think Bill Belichick, you think those guys are doing Facebook Live videos while he's talking to the team after a win? You know, no. Um, 
And and we've seen several around the locker rooms. They'll show the post game talks, and the coach is talking, and maybe he's giving out a game ball or something. But they're all the whole team's right there. So it was a little weird that he's off somewhere where apparently Tomlin could see him. But Tomlin's talking to the team, <laughs> and he's on and he's on Facebook Live. So I, that's my question: is what's going on with the environment where one? Brown just thought it was okay while the coach was talking to the team. And I wonder what Tom's reaction when he found out was. We, we may never know that. But is the guy talking about, we're going to raise holy hell. Um, I hope, frankly, that he got in his ass and said, dude, you know, you know come on, man. I'm sure I'm sure he did. I was, uh, you know, I, it was just dumb. Yeah, it really was. I don't, I, I'm assuming that this is, is not the common occurrence. It's more the exception. And AB was just, loving himself some AB and you know and, and typically he's part of the conversation and, and you know post game uh, discussions and festivities but I think that you know he he just got away and did his own thing and it was stupid I'm sure Tom was going to get in his ass as he should it was dumb hmm. Hmm. okay alright um, let's wrap it up I've got uh, I, I've, I've got nothing left because I'm still pissed off so I, I just I, I really don't have anything to say maybe next maybe next week um, you know, I, I can be more philosophical, more profound. Um, right now, I'm just still fucking mad. <laughs> just it. I'm just mad. So, JB, your final comments and thoughts. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm mad too. Obviously, we express our anger in different ways. Uh, you're more uh, outspoken, I'm more subdued, but it doesn't mean I'm no less pissed off than you are, that's for sure. Um, for my Cowboys, great season. Um, I don't think it was a disappointment myself, given the fact that you've got two starting rookies, one at quarterback, one at running back, and managed to accomplish the things that you've accomplished over the season. So I don't feel it's a disappointment. It's a disappointing loss, but I don't think it's a disappointing season, uh, contrary to those in, in the media that have said otherwise. Um, as far as the games coming up, should be a great finish. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And in case I, like I said, even though I believe the Patriots will win, I will be rooting for the Steelers to win because I just like T. Remember that 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 day that he had to shake his hand and, and agree with him. And <sighs> this is this, the the thought that makes me sick. So the fact that he had to do it should really make him sick, and I know it does. So I will be secretly rooting for the Steelers. Uh, that's the only one that we've gotten a fight between the four of us. So hopefully they do win. I don't mind being wrong in respect. Falcons and Green Bay, I hope Falcons are getting that ass like tissue. And I sincerely mean it. So I'm looking forward to the game this weekend. All right. And K-Star, we'll give you the floor. Your team's playing and your final thoughts. Appreciate that, JB. Appreciate the Yeah, I mean, this is it's where legends are made, like you guys were saying. This is where legacies how they how they form, how history tells the story. All these players, when they're gone, when when we visit Canton, these are type of moments. And you know that the, then there were four. You know Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. These guys all have legacies they're trying to enhance. And yeah, Matt Ryan trying to establish one himself. For my Steelers, man, I mean, whew, uh, we have a, a very 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 uh, awesome trio. One of the better ones I've ever seen. In my, you know, 30 years of watching football, not as long as other people, but, you know, this is a chance for them to really put a stamp on, on their legacy and for the Steelers to, 
to hopefully get to yet another Super Bowl to try to get that uh, seventh ring. And, you know, who better to play against than the, the Patriots? I'd rather, you know, I, I like that because if, if it comes down to it, I'd rather my team, Steelers, have beat Greece, get monkey out the back. This is the same fucking team that beat the Steelers in 2001 and 2004 in the AFC title game. You know, they robbed Bill Cowher of a chance at the Super Bowl earlier on. They, they took Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season away, as fantastic as it was before it was ready. And now it's time to take the Patriots away when they're ready and trying to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm really excited about seeing what Le'Veon and, and AB and Big Ben do this first playoff run together. Time to, time to get the Super Bowl, boys. Let's get it. All right. Um, guys, don't go anywhere just yet. Um, so, yeah, so listen, um, we're looking forward to conference championships. And, you know, let me just be clear. We've got two games. We've got a Pro Bowl. We've got a Super Bowl. And it's over. It's done. It, it, it's amazing to me that, um, you know, we're almost at the end, but we're almost at the end. So uh, special good luck to K-Star and his Steelers. And the last thing, uh, my final thoughts are not at all about football. It's about um, the reason that I didn't work today. <clears throat> you know, Dr. Martin Luther King um, birthday was yesterday. Today was the holiday. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, I want you to think about the fact that it took a long time to get the country to recognize a great man like Martin Luther King Jr. And it's kind of interesting that when you have a movement to honor a man who didn't just fight for black people but fought for all people and you had many states that resisted embracing and the last state that finally gave in was Arizona. There's a public enemy song that I know JB knows all about hmm. it that 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 talks about um, you know this very struggle with the state of Arizona. But I just I just want everybody to think about that for a minute. You know, I want you to think about the fact that you know that the Civil Rights Act, um, you know, was done in 1965. The Voting Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, was done in 1964. Okay, these are major laws that are only you know 52, 53 years old. That's it. You know, these are these are you know these are things that happened in some of our lifetimes. Um, I, I want you to think about the fact that in four days we have a new president who, you know, has said things like ban all Muslims. These are, those are his words. These are not my words. Ban all Muslims. Um, the Mexican people send their murderers and send and, and, and their rapists over here. Well, I guess some of them are nice too, you know. He calls women pigs and talks about how he can just, as a superstar, can grab them, you know, in private part because he's a celebrity. And he's going to be our president. And we had a guy that was assassinated for standing up for people's rights. And people didn't like that, and they assassinated him. We have a guy in office, and whether you like him or, or, or don't like him, um, the African-American president. Okay. There's a lot to think about, a lot to embrace, okay? And that's really what today was all about for me, was just, you know, yeah, you know, you listen to the speech and all that. I, you know, I've heard the speech a million times. It was really just thinking about where are we right now in this country and where are we going? Where are we going? You know, and um, 
you know, I will say this, and I've said it. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't like him. He has done nothing in 60 days, 65, 70 days since winning the election to change my mind. I've been watching. He has done absolutely nothing to change my mind. But he is going to be the president of the United States in a few days. So what are you going to do for us, Mr. Trump? Not us being black people. What are you going to do for all people? President Trump, you are on the clock. What are you going to do? I'll leave you right there. So for JB, for K-Star, and for Dr. Train, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Madden Voice. We will see you next week. Good night, everybody.